You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Great that you're here to make this part of your Christmas celebrations. Uh, We're delighted to have a full room here today. If you made it in by foot because your normal public transport is not running, uh, special well done to you and great to have you here. If you're here visiting friends or family, if you've been here dragged along by a family member, kicking and screaming, well done, you're in church where you should be on Christmas Day because it's all about Jesus. And uh, I want to say welcome and great to have you have you here. Well done to those children that prayed, those boys that prayed as well here today. And, uh, you know, it's, it's great to celebrate with children and rejoice in children. It's also good to remember that Jesus is the focus of our worship. And as Esther's already said, we, we understand that across the room today, there are many, many different circumstances, uh, people just enjoying the, the chance to come together as family and friends, the happiness of Christmas and family life and children. We're also super aware that this can be a time of great poignance. It can be a time of reminders of people who are no longer with us and people in difficult circumstances. We're aware of that. And, uh, you know, Christmas can be a stressful time as well, uh, can't it? You know, it's, it's the season of cheer and goodwill, but it can be a bit pressurizing. Just give me a wave if you felt under pressure in the last few days, uh, just getting, trying to get everything together. Here, just give me a wave if you were up very late wrapping presents last night. Uh, sure it wasn't just our household. And uh, well, you know, I want to say, if this is a challenging time for you, I just want to make a real brief comment, which is to encourage you to draw on the grace of God. To learn, it's something we need to learn to draw on the grace of God. In another season of my life where I kept, felt like I was running to the ends of grace, I just had to draw upon God. I learned to draw more. This might sound a really strange thing, but I had to overcome some of my internal barriers. You see, I, I grew up uh, in, a, in a good home, but with a strict mum, where I, we understood protocols of behavior where, you know, if, yeah, if it was your turn to host or if it was your turn to do something, and you know, in a world of turns, uh, that it's not a world of grace, in a world of turns. But I grew up that, you know, if, if, if the last time we went to their house, it was our turn to have them to our house, that you could ask a favor of somebody once or maybe twice, but if you didn't reciprocate, you'd end up being a burden. I, I kind of grew up with that mindset. Some of you know that. And I had to learn grace. And I had to learn that you can draw on the grace of God. And when you're right, you can draw again and you can draw more. You'll never deplete him. You can draw on his love and his grace. You can get the end of yourself and say, Lord, I need your help. And if you said it yesterday, you can say it again. He will not be depleted. His reserves do not, do not run any lower if you draw upon them. This is the magnificence of God. And so if you need help uh, this Christmas, just learn to draw on the endless, eternal, matchless reserves of love and grace and peace. And may those things be yours in abundance. Uh, this Christmas. Well, uh, just give me a wave if you're going to have Christmas crackers. Uh, is, I, I don't know if, is this like an English thing? I know many of you will have jollof rice and like sack the turkey and all of that. But um, 
So these are my favorite Christmas cracker jokes this year. Uh, how did Mary and Joseph know that Jesus was seven pounds, eight ounces? It's because they had a way in a manger. Yeah, it's a good one, isn't it? Um, you probably know this one. Uh, what, what do you get if you eat too many Christmas decorations? Tinselitis, yes. Tinselitis. Um, why did the reindeer help an elderly lady across the road? It would have been Rudolph him not to. And this is my last one. This is my favorite. What do you call a snowman with a six-pack? The abdominal snowman. <laughs> All right, good. Well, you know, uh, today, just for a few minutes, I want to talk about the name. The name. The, 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 the name and the names of this one that we come to worship. In Matthew's Gospel, the angel having already appeared to Mary appears in a dream, the Bible tells us, to Joseph, to whom Mary is pledged to be married. And this is the account from Matthew chapter 1, verses 18 to 21. This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah. That's, why don't we say Jesus the Messiah? This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph... Her husband was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he'd considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The angel tells Mary and tells Joseph what they are to call him. You know that the naming of a baby is a big thing, right? I don't know about you, but, but when there are couples and one of our great privileges as, as pastors is you see people walk through the seasons of life and, and you see uh, young people often, not always young, but often uh, young come together, fall in love, start to date, get married, and then, and then often a season comes and they let you know they're expecting a baby. And when the baby comes, I, I, I always want to know, firstly, I want to know, was it a boy or was it a girl? That's the first thing I want to know. Is, is it a boy? Is it a girl? But the second thing, I, I don't want to know, was it by cesarean section? I, like, I, I, don't, I, I don't need to know how long the labor was. You know, some of that stuff's no good for me. Uh, really, don't tell me. I don't need any of that information. Um, I'm not really interested how heavy the baby was. I mean, if it's a whopper, it's quite interesting. Um, and all the men go, Wee, and all the women go, ooh. If it's like a nine pound tenner and they go, oh, um, I want to know, was it a boy, was it a girl? And then I want to know, what's the baby's name? What's the baby's name? What's the baby? What are you going to call her? What are you going to call him? What's the baby's name? Of course, it's, it's the privilege of parents to name the baby. We don't get to decide the gender. We don't get to determine the personality. We, we don't get to determine any physical attributes, the colors of their eyes or any of that. We don't get to do any of that. But as parents, we get to choose the name. We understand within different cultures, there are different traditions. In some cultures, it's important you carry 
the father's name and, and, and names get carried through generations. You get some Americans, don't you? Like John Regan Jr. the sixth. And it's kind of, gosh, you know, just give someone a fresh name. You know, it's kind of, it's a, just kind of going on. How long is this going to go on? I, I, know, I know some of you, you're from families and traditions with like, you don't just have one name. You have many names. Many, I've, I've married some Nigerians. I mean, it's like, wow. I, I mean, I, I'm married to one woman. She's, she's British. But I mean, as a minister, as a, as a, as a minister. I, for a point of clarity, and if this is going on the podcast, I only got one wife, all right? I ain't got no African wives anywhere. I'm just saying I, I, I've married some and you, and you legally, at least one time, you legally... You have to say the full name. You have to lead them. No, I, I, Martin David's story, take you. And you have to say the name that's on the birth certificate because it goes on the marriage certificate. Recently, Tolo and Ayu Oluwatidimu dedicated, thank you, it's easy for me to say, um, <laughs> dedicated little Theo. We call him Theo. That's dead easy to say, isn't it? But really, his name is Theodore David Akintoye Fiafori Oluwatamisona Oluwatidimu. That's his name. No, I, I don't even know how I did. There's, there's probably some Nigerians going, that was rubbish, that was rubbish. But the point is, it's not John Smith, right? It's not John Smith. It's like, that's a name. I mean, that's a name. When we were expecting our first child, we, we couldn't decide on the name. And uh, so we did, a, I, I, we must be mad. We, we, did, we did World Cup names. So what we did was, I know a lot like Brazil and Portugal, but we, we did, we, just, we listed 32 potential contenders. And then we put them in a knockout draw. And then, and it was like, you know, Colin versus Peter. No, it's going to be Peter. So like Peter progressed. And then we got down to the final four. And then in the final, Samuel won the final. We both said, yes. Like, so we called our son Samuel. For us, Samuel was the winner of our first World Cup. I don't know if you've noticed that names change over the years, don't they? The, I was born 1971, so you can work out how old I am. And these, these were the top boys' names that year. Michael, James, David, John, Robert, Christopher, William, Jason, Brian, and Scott. Those were the popular names. My, my name doesn't feature way down. Um, but 2019, the, these, were, these were the top names. This is the UK. The top, top boy's name in the UK this year has been Muhammad, which is interesting, isn't it? And then uh, Noah, Leo, Oliver, Charlie, Harry, George, Arthur, Freddie, Jack, you might be looking to see if your name features in any of those. This, this is a girl's name. So in the year that I was born, Jennifer, Michelle, Lisa, Kimberly, Amy, Angela, Melissa, Tammy, Mary, Julie. This, this year, 2019, these have been the top names. Olivia, Sophia, Ava, Amelia, Isla, Lily, Mia, Emily, Isabella, and Freya. In fact, if you look for the top 10 girls' names, any one of them to feature, not one of them features in the top 100 girls' names for 2019. Not one. It's interesting. They, what goes around comes around. But there is a name. There, there is a name above every name. 
It can be useful to discuss the baby's name. I, I remember a friend of mine who's a pastor, he went to visit a couple in their church that had had a baby. And uh, they, uh, he said, I, I went and I turned up and, uh, and, and the father kind of came to meet me and ushered me into the ward where the baby was. And, and you, know, you know, some babies are beautiful. And some babies, they're, they're, their looks come later, shall we say. <laughs> their looks come a little later. And, and this was a baby whose looks would come a little later. He said, honestly, I looked in and she looked like a prune. And, and the dad said, isn't she beautiful? And he, as a pastor, didn't want to lie. And he said, what's her name? And, she, and, and the dad said, Abigail. He said, what a lovely name. What a lovely name. I love that story. I've never forgotten that. If I ever say to you, if you say, isn't she beautiful? I say, what's her name? You know. Uh, you, you, you know what's happened. But in the Bible, the name is incredibly significant. In some cultures, the, you, you, some of you will know, the name's significant. It's not just I like the sound of that or I associate that with a person I like. There's significance in the name, certainly in the Bible tradition. The, the names were incredibly significant. The, the names of babies were sometimes associated to the circumstances of the birth. We, we read of some people called, called things like pain or, or joy, and it's to do with what happened around the time of their birth. But often the name is prophetic. It's a statement of who that little person, that tiny helpless baby that can't even name itself, but who they will become, a recognition that this is going to become somebody. And you were intended to live up to your name if you were called clever in Bible times. You were expected to do well at school. You were expected to live up to your name. It's why for Abraham it was so difficult because Abraham means exalted father and he had no child. And then eventually God comes and says, I'm going to change your name. He must have been super relieved at that, because of the pressure of being unable to fulfill his name. He says, you're now going to be called Abraham, which means father of many, which is even worse for him. But then God comes and makes it possible. Jesus meets someone called Simon, and, and he says, I, I, I'm going to call you Peter. It's, it's Cephas. It's, he sees, he's saying Cephas, which really associates with the word rock. He says, I see something in you. You are a rock. I'm going to build a church. And, and people are going to lean on you. You are going to be a stable guy. Like, never mind, Simon. You're Cephas. You're Peter. You're Rocky. Something of the name. We also recognize not only as a baby were you expected to grow into your name in Bible times, but we understand that God himself reveals himself through his names. We understand who God is because of his names. He... he he does who he is. This is our God. He does who he is. And so as the Bible unfolds, we learn more and more of the names of God. God doesn't have one name. God has a multitude of names. We understand through his name because who his name is, is who he is. It's how he behaves. And so the revelation of who God is, is linked intrinsically to his names. He's El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He's Jehovah Rafi, the Lord that heals you. He's Jehovah Tzidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. He's Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides, or the Lord who sees and who sees to it. This is who God is. So we can come to him and say, Lord, you are Jehovah Jireh. It's who, who you are. You cannot deny yourself. This is your name, and it's who you are. 
He's Jehovah Barah, God the Creator. Notice here, Mary and Joseph, they don't get to choose the name. And I, I want to real quick touch on three names because actually this one that is born, this one that we call Jesus, he, he actually has many, many names because he is God and we come to understand who he is. But even before he's born, we see some of his names revealed. Firstly, the angel appears to Mary in Luke 1 and she says, she's, uh, the, the angel tells her she's going to give birth to a son. She says, how will this be since I am a virgin? Luke 1 verse 34, and then the angel says, verse 35, the Holy Spirit will come on you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Or another way of, of translating that is, the child to be born will be called holy. This is what the angel says. The child will be called holy. The, the name of this baby you're to, you're to give birth to is holy. What a name. What a name. Well, imagine being Mary, being told you're going to give birth to a son and his name will be holy. I think we don't often understand the meaning of the word holy. It's profound. It's abstract. We sing, oh, oh holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born in us today. Holy is, is an abstract word in many ways. I think we associate it with with moral purity, as I think Mark, Mark talking to us recently, teaching in the Presence for the Passion series. But the Hebrew word kadosh really means set apart for special service. But it means consecrated. It, it means different, separate, other. It altogether other. Really holy means without rival. It means unequaled. Holy, we sing, don't we? You, you have no rival, you have no equal. Really, the angel is saying you're to give birth to a son and he will be called without equal. That there is, there's not going to be another one like this. He's not, he's not going to be in the running. He's, he's not going to be a contender. He's not even going to be the best of the pack. He is in a league of his own. This one to be born, there will be none other. There's none other that has ever been or ever will be that will come close to this one. His name is to be holy. He will be called holy. He is unequaled. He is unrivaled. Every generation has searched for its heroes. But there is one that will be the hero above all heroes. The king above all kings. The Lord above all lords. He is holy. He is unrivaled. He is unequaled. Secondly, in Matthew's gospel... Matthew comments the words that the angel has spoken to Mary. And, and Matthew helps us see the prophecy that Esther read at the start from Isaiah 7 that says, 700 years before Jesus is born, the prophet speaks, God speaks through the prophet to proclaim that there is a child coming. One who will be the Messiah, one that will redeem the nations. 700 years and God watches over his word and the word in Isaiah says the virgin will be with child and she will give birth to a son and he will be called Emmanuel. Emmanuel, which means God with us. His name will be holy because he'll be without equal. His name will also be Emmanuel because this is not another baby. This is God with us. 
What a profound mystery. This is why we're here in church to celebrate today. Yes, we'll go and do our, our stuff, but God has come to be with us. I'm excited about that. What a thought. What a mystery. What a marvel, however radical, however remarkable, however unlikely, however profound. This is the unmistakable message of the Bible. This is the truth of Christmas, that God himself broke into our world. I love how C.S. Lewis says it. Uh, he says, God has entered this enemy-occupied territory in human form. Wow. John 1 says the Word, the eternal Word, the Word. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God. And the Word, the Word, this, the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. The Word was God, and the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. I love it in the message where it says, He moved into the neighborhood. God moved into the neighborhood. God himself came now in flesh appearing. We sing it in the carols. It can be lost in us. Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate just deity just for a moment. But just think, veiled in flesh. What's he saying? He says, we didn't recognize him. Veiled in flesh. To think, I could, if I'd have been there in Israel 2,000 years ago, I, I could have rub shoulders with him in the queue in the market, veiled in flesh, the Godhead. It's God. This is the message of the Bible. He will be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. This is why we celebrate. His name will be holy. He'll be without equal. His name is Emmanuel because this is God with us. And why don't the band come? Thirdly, we're told his name is Jesus. This is the name that we know him primarily by the baby in the manger, the baby Jesus. But Mary's told it and Joseph's told it. They're not given the freedom to name their baby. They're told this one, you're to give him the name Jesus and we're told why. You see, this one will have many names, more than Mary or Joseph could possibly have comprehended in that moment. They could not have conceived that, that this child to be born would be the King of kings and the Lord of lords, that he would have more names than any other baby, than any other person, because he would be more magnificent and he would be worthy of more titles. He, we would need more names to begin to fathom and grasp and just scratch the surface of who he is but they said, call him Jesus because he'll save their people from their sins. The Hebrew word Yeshua means deliverer. It means rescuer. It means savior. He came to save us. I don't know about you. I know without any shadow of a doubt that I was and I am a sinner in need of a savior. There's no way I could have come before God. I could have entered into the presence of God. I mean, not even come close. Some of us, we've sat exams and we've scraped through or we've just missed the mark. It's like I didn't even sit the paper. I'm so far from qualifying. But one came, Jesus, Yeshua. Savior, 
call him Savior. That's what they, that's what they said. Call him, we say Jesus, but they're saying call him, you give him a name. I give you his name. Never mind Peter, Martin. Call him Savior. That's what they're saying. Call him Jesus. Because he'll save the people from their sins. This is who this baby is. This baby that doesn't stay in the manger. This baby that grows up and lives a sinless life. The only one that has ever walked in that way. Tempted in every way like us, the Bible says. And yet, without sin. And goes willingly to the cross. And takes upon himself the sin of the world. Your sin and my sin. This is Jesus, the Saviour. And I know it's Christmas Day and we need a short to preach, but I make no apology for saying that he's worthy of our worship and he's worthy of our praise. He's holy and without equal. He's Emmanuel. He's God with us. He's Jesus. He's the Savior. He's Jesus. He's the Savior. And like me, I'm sure across this room, we know that we are and we were sinners in need of a Savior. Thank God that He came into our world. Thank God that He entered this enemy-occupied territory in human form, this vulnerable baby, Jesus, who did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made Himself nothing, taking on the very nature of a servant. Became obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name. That every knee should bow and every tongue confess. And I wonder as we come to prepare to sing a final song, can we stand together and begin across this room to worship and to lift up his name, to thank him for his promise. John the Baptist says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Roman tells us, will be saved. We come, Lord Jesus, across this room. If you know him, why do you worship him? Thank him. Lift up his name. You are holy. Jesus, you are the Lamb of God. You are the resurrection and you are the life. Jesus, you are the light of the world. Jesus, you Lord of Lords. Jesus, your name is faithful and true. You are the rock. You are the living water. You are the bread of life and you are the head of your church. You're the rose of Sharon. You're the bright morning star. You are the great high priest. You are the intercessor. You're the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. You are Alpha and Omega beginning and the end. You're the true vine. You're the Messiah. You're the good shepherd. You are the image of the invisible God. You're the chief cornerstone. You're the author and the perfecter of our faith. This is my Jesus. This is my Saviour. Holy, holy, holy. You are the Almighty, the Lion of the tribe of Judah. You're wonderful. You're Counselor. You're mighty God. Your everlasting Father, your Prince of Peace. You are the anchor for our souls. You are the way, the truth, and the life. And we come to worship you and bless your holy name. You are without equal. 
We worship you, Jesus. We thank you that you came and we lift up your name. We worship and we honour the name, the name above every name. 